Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome back, everyone. Hope everybody is doing well this evening. Got an epic, epic show tonight. Um, obviously, um, there's been a lot of chitter-chatter in the kayak world this week. Um, we got uh, our main guest of the evening, Mr. Eric Jackson, in the house. And uh, we're going to be talking about the Apex Watercraft. Um, first off, uh, click that little share button in the lower left hand corner there and uh let's build this up um i'm sure a lot of you have questions um so feel free to drop those in the comments we will um try to get ej um all those questions i know there's a lot of folks that have questions that want to be answered about this kayak um i know the biggest one is the price point right and we're going to talk about that i have a theory on that um and i want to get um Eric's Eric's take on that. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be cool. Um, I'm super looking forward to this, you know, and, and not only that, we got, uh, sorry guys, I'm trying to get this mic adjusted. 
We got the man, the myth, the legend coming back tonight, Mr. Jay Randall. <laughs> oh, hey. How you doing, buddy? Hi, everybody. What's going on, bud? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Uh, happy to have you back tonight, man, for this one. I know this is uh, this is going to be a good show. This is going to be yeah, a good, good show. Yeah, good to be here, man. It's been and, a minute. Uh, yeah, just, just a few, you know. Jay, Jay took a little little R and R, little vacation from the podcast, so it's good to have him back. Um, but uh, yeah, man, I I, I don't want to hold off on our guest. Uh, we got Mr. Eric Jackson himself in the waiting room. If you guys don't know who Eric Jackson is, you need to crawl out from underneath the rock you're under. Um, obviously, uh, you know a staple in the paddling industry, uh, world champion whitewater kayaker. Um, you know, founder of Jackson Kayaks, um, and now Apex Watercrafts. Um, he's been fishing the FLW tour. Um, I don't, I don't even know where to stop there. Um, so let's just get the man in here, Mister Mister Eric Jackson. Welcome to the show, sir. EJ. Hey Brian. Hey Jack. Hey, good to be here. Thanks for uh, having me all the way from the upper Midwest down here and. Southeast in Rock Island, Tennessee. Yeah, man. No, we're happy to have you. And uh, um, obviously, folks across the kayak world, especially the fishing kayak world, know who you are. Um, so we won't bore everybody with with your background story. I mean, your reputation speaks for yourself, for itself. And um, super excited about this new project you launched cool. and all that good stuff, man. So um, I guess the big thing let's start with why you did this right because you kind of stepped back from jackson kayaks a little bit you were focusing on your flw fishing and then now you're launching this new new um company apex watercraft so what what was kind of the mindset there okay so yeah i've been making and designing and building plastic kayaks for a really long time this is um uh yeah, I've been working with kayak brands since the early 80s. Perception Kayaks was the original whitewater kayak brand, rotomolding kayaks there under Bill Masters, and then Dagger Kayak under Joe Pulliam and Steve Scarborough and Pete Jett, those guys. And then uh, Wave Sport Kayaks under Chan Zwanzig, designing boats for them, building teams for them and doing whitewater boats. Um, so it's been a long, a long time where I've been in the kayak industry specifically either as a, mostly as an athlete originally and then designer, sales rep, brand manager, blah, blah, blah. And then eventually, obviously, Jackson Kayak that I started to make whitewater kayaks on that turned into fishing kayaks when I met Drew Gregory. Um, but it goes way back before I started whitewater kayaking. I lived in Florida. I, I literally got the nut award. It was a titanium nut and I won it in from Bill Johnson's Pro Bass Shops in Lakeland, Florida, for fishing nice. 365 days straight in 1977. That's uh, crazy. Yeah, it was like I've been an obsessed fisherman. I'm like the obsessive compulsive guy, and I don't know if you fishermen have ever figured it out yet. Like hopefully everybody's watching <laughs> fishing, but fishing and gambling are identical. Yeah. The people that have a gambling problem, we have a fishing problem. Okay. Right. It is. And if we were gamblers, everyone watching this podcast would would be in the toilet or making a lot of money, one or the other, a gambling addiction. And the reason is because we're attracted to that 
that periodic response where like cast cast that's gonna be that's gotta be good when that's been boom and we're just like whoa yeah. anyway um <laughs> we have we all have that gene that's that's why we love fishing and that's what fish attracts us to fishing it's just like you you know there's a lot of technique and whatever but you never know exactly when you're gonna get that positive reinforcement that that tick on the line or that big thump or that top water bite or whatever and when you do it's just like i'm like if I died and went to heaven right now, like I'm all good. That's what I've lived for, right? And that's that's kind of where we're at. Um, so when it when it comes to apex watercraft, everything I do, you you know, whether I'm was trying to make the Olympics, you know, however many years I trained to make the Olympic team, or become a world champion, or four time world champion, or or make the FLW tour, or the things I've done in fishing. It takes a lot of time, and if you have equipment that isn't the best equipment, if you know that the equipment's holding you back, it's really hard. It makes it, it's a challenge. Bottom sure. line is, and it's sure. not, it's not as fun. The experience is always more enjoyable with good equipment. You know, if you have a good rod and reel in your hand, and you do a cast, and you just know that bait caster is going to zing, and you're not going to get a backlash. And the rod, when you set the hook, it's just right for the lure and the line, and blah blah. blah. That's a great feeling, and that's the experience I think we all really aspire to. There's 37 brands that make plastic rotomolded fishing kayaks. And in 2011, when Drew Gregory came, Drew changed the game. He came, he shopped around, he went to Native, he went to all these different brands, Hobie and all these people, and said, guys, we need a kayak that you can stand up in. Yeah. That has an elevated seat on it. And they're all like, ah, whatever, whatever, whatever. He came to, to Jackson Kayak. And when I heard that, and he's like, I like fishing rivers and and you know, going through rapids, and I just went like, wait, you want to catch bass in a kayak in whitewater? And you think there's a market for a kayak that does that? I'm like, I'm all in. That's what we're doing. Wait, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, every kayak has chines and they catch and you can't really stand. They're too tippy. And the seat, you're sitting down at water level and you're like this, you know, you can't see in the water. I want to sit up and look in the water. And those were Drew Gregory's ideas. Um, but I just like, it immediately just hit me like that. You're a genius. We're doing that. We're all in. And that's when the evolution of the kayak fishing, the fishing kayak started. 2011, yeah. And kayak Kusa came out. Guess what? That put us all on the map at that moment. We had the opportunity to really grow, and all the other companies started really innovating. And right now, there's 37 companies making fishing kayaks, and most of them make really a lot of them make really good ones. There's some that aren't in that game, but the fishing kayaks that we have available for rotomolded plastic are awesome. But there's a challenge. They're not lightweight. They are. There's only so many things you can do with rotor molding. For the last eight years, I've wanted to make a composite, advanced composite, super lightweight um, fishing kayak from one of our designs at Jackson Kayak. But Jackson Kayak wasn't the, our production crew and our manufacturing team. They'd been in composites before. It just wasn't a, it's not an industry they wanted to be in. They wanted to be in plastic. They liked plastic. They didn't want to get back into composites and blah, blah, blah. So eventually I just decided that, well, I want the best equipment and if I can't make it here, well, I just start a new company and make it there. And that's basically where it started. 
And that's that was de December of 2019. We really got the company going in 2020. Been working hard in R&D since then. And what you see online is our first boat, the Jackson, or the Apex Watercraft Tier. So that's kind of interesting because that's one of the things on my list here. You know, um, you know, you and Drew and Jackson Kayaks were kind of one of those pioneers in the sport that uh, we all know and love now. And I, I think it's interesting because the new tier that from Apex Watercraft is not like anything you've ever seen on the market. And I think it's going to some some of the details and we'll get into some of the details of the actual boat here. But I think um, some of the stuff you incorporated into just the prototype is going to set a new standard and something that I think the industry is going to try to grab a hold of and replicate. Um, I don't know that they will be able to, but um, it, it's going to be interesting. I mean, do you have an opinion or a thought on that? Uh, I do. So I, there's an analogy. You know, I studied, I'm, uh, I like being a student of the sport. I do like being a student of industry um, as an athlete learning what other people are doing, you know, to get to the top of any game, you really need to know what's out there and what other people have done successfully. If you want to lead, you have to throw everything anybody else has done out the window and you got to do what nobody's done before. That's just the way it works. And when you lead, you know, it's like anything, you know, if you're the crab trying to crawl out of the bucket, you're going to get pulled down. But, um, so there's an analogy I use 1980 Ram trucks was getting their ass kicked in the truck and, you know, remember grandpa's truck had the little front end, you know, all the old trucks before yeah. 1980 pickup trucks. Well, Ram made a concept truck, their design team, and made this really made like to look like a semi big grill, you know, badass looking front end, whatever. And they did this really extensive, long consumer, um, you know, uh, market research project. And they came back with their tail between their legs. They were super disappointed. They spent all this money. And 70% of the people were just slamming them down. This is the ugliest thing I've ever seen. If I wanted to buy a semi truck, I'd just go buy a semi truck. Like, why would I buy a, you know, a half ton pickup truck when I can get a Mack truck? You know, it looks the same, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. And they thought it was a failure. But the CEO at the time was like, what's, what about the other 30%? Well, they seem to love it. Like, they're like, man, I'd buy one of these and whatever. And they're like, well, our market share is like, Five percent. Yeah. And it's telling me that thirty percent of the people love it and think it's awesome. Let's do it. And they did it. And guess what? If you don't have a big badass grill on the front of your truck and look like trucks like do today, well, yeah. you're not selling a full size pickup truck. Right. Um, the point is the point being that I recognize the the Apex tier, watercraft tier right now doesn't look like when you look at it and you're like, what the heck was this guy thinking? Like, <laughs> but I'm happy to talk through from bow to stern every aspect. And I'm hoping we get to that part where we, why does it look like it does? And what are the reasons for the things we did and what's incorporated into the, into the kayak itself? Those are the things that takes a little bit of time. People need to see, they need to see it in action. I haven't shown, I haven't done it. I haven't even begun to show what, the boat looks like fully rigged and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I'm trying its purest, most simple form. A lightweight kayak that you put your rods and your paddle in one hand, you throw your tackle on your back with a tackle bag, 
and you grab your kayak and the other and you hike through the woods to some remote spot. That's what I'm showing so far. Yeah. Um, so we will need to talk about like, well, what if you want to drive to the boat ramp and win the next KVF national championships? Yeah. How does it work for that? So anyway, that's kind of where we're at. Yeah, I definitely want to run through that. And and I think it's interesting you brought up the the car concept, right? Because um, I've definitely received a lot of text messages, Facebook messages, things like that about this interview tonight, right? And, oh, right. And, and, and the biggest question, right? And I'm sure we can dive deeper into this later. And, you know, um, everybody's like, well, you know, that's a pretty expensive boat, right? And, and the way I broke it down is your Jacksons, your natives, your wilderness systems, whatever, that's your Ford, your GMC, your Chevy, whatever, your Hobie, we'll give them a little bit of credit. They're a Cadillac, right? But then you get to the apex and the apex is your Ferrari, Lamborghini, whatever. Obviously it's going to pertain to, to, yeah, it, it's going to pertain to a certain audience, right? And a certain oh, yeah. price level. But I say the apex? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, um, it, that's, that's one thing I wanted to bring up, you know, it's, um, right. I think a lot of people, you know, think it's got to be in this certain price range to make sense. And I, yeah. I don't necessarily think so. so, you know, from everything I've seen that you guys have put out, this is a fully handcrafted boat. Um, and, and it's, it's insane. And, um, I mean, it's, it's cool to see. It's cool to see. I'm, I'm interested in jumping into this, man. I'm stoked. Yeah. You, you want to talk about the, you want to talk about the, the price stuff and kind of, or like, what do you, is that a question or is that not a question? No, I was just making a statement. I was just making a statement. We can jump into that. I think at the tail end, let's, let's okay. actually dive into the boat. Unless Jay, you got something else to add to that before we dive uh, into I, the actual boat. I'm, no, I'm no, following I'm, your lead. You're, you're in charge, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just here to answer that. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's start at at the front of the boat i mean it's got a very unique nose and i know you have a concept for that and a and a reasoning for that so do you want to break that down for us yeah sure so there's basically two main i mean there's a multiple types of bows uh fishing kayaks today all have what they call lifting bows there's flared out sidewalls um and freeboard with a the peak at the top they're called lifting bows and bow rocker. Um, if you look at modern ship design, whether it be military, high-end yachts or whatever, generally speaking, they're going for what's called piercing bows and even reverse bows where instead of the bow doing this way, it's this way and it's punching under and through. It's parting the water instead of lifting the boat over the water. Um, there's a reason for that. Um, I'll give you an example. The um, I'll give you an example in kayaks. There's marathon competitions offshore in, in kayaks right now, and they're all old school round hull displacement kayaks, surf skis, that type of things. The stand up paddle boards, which coming with full planing hulls, piercing bows, reverse bows, are starting to get within a minute of the double bladed full displacement hull kayaks. It's ridiculous. Basically, the hull designs of kayaks are not are not progressing 
Fishing kayaks, I'll, I'll just say straight up, I'll say it this way. Fishing kayak hull design, there's a term for them. They're called barges. Okay. Yep. You fish out of a barge. Yeah. Yes, some of the barges have a little rocker and some don't. They have multiple, whatever. But at the end of the day, they on average have six to eight scupper holes. A scupper hole, you would not, there's, there's only one reason for a scupper hole on a kayak. Right. Oh, we're not we're not to the scuppers yet. We're on the bow still. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> okay. So the purpose. So what happens with? Let's just do it this way. Sorry, I'm I'm pretty like fired up on hull design. It's good, here. man. It's, it's good. Sorry, man. Okay. So when an apex tier hits a wave, it doesn't do this. It doesn't. Let's do it from the side. When you hit a wave, you go like that in a in a. You go like this in a water. You just stop dead. You paddle into waves, whatever. An apex tier goes like this. It pierces the waves. Now, why the big deck? People are like, you know, from the side view, if you look at the apex watercraft, it's what we call a double S. The bow comes up and down to the middle, and the stern comes up and down to the middle. I call it the double S. We're only talking about the front end right now. That's you can't see it from the side. That's a nice front view, Brian. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> from the side. <laughs> if you got a side view, man, put that up. Nah, that doesn't work either. You got to do like. <laughs> I tried. I epically failed. <laughs> if you can find the, if you can find the the studio shot that's just purely shown up on the side, you can throw that up. But the okay. point is, what happens when you punch the wave? The wave does, you're going through the wave. Now that's a problem with most fishing kayaks because the water goes into the bathtub and then it has to drain out the scuppers. But with an apex watercraft, we've got an 18 inch tall bow at the tallest point, which is a couple feet behind the bow. What happens is the waves part and it pushes the water out to the side, doesn't even come into the boat. It just goes pop, pop, pop. And it's got a super razor sharp edge on the front, sorry. And it just goes, bah, bah. you paddle, if you want to paddle through chop, I'll race anybody against the wind in any way, in anything, and just be like, hey, man, oh, you got a torpedo? Yeah, good luck. You got a trolling motor? I don't care. You're paddling? You're pedaling? I don't care. I've got an apex watercraft. We're going into the waves. It is proven. Just, just got to look it up on, on what people are doing. And the reason is because it doesn't have it doesn't lift and stop. So it goes through the waves quicker is the purpose of that. Now, the challenge is if when really big waves, it will ultimately go over. The water can go over into the deck more than a lifting bow. Lifting bow can go up like this and potentially go over with no water. A piercing bow is more likely for the wave to come into the boat. But now you're talking pretty big waves. But if you look at the stern of the boat, it's wide open. It's out instantly. Like the, there's, the water's in, the water's out. You didn't even know the water was in kind of thing. With scuppers, it takes an average of four to eight to 10 seconds, depending on the boat, when you fill it for it to go all the way up. And you're like, uh, uh. if you've ever experienced it, you know what I'm talking about. That's kind of helpful, but it's not really. The, 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 those lines, those silver, those silver lines, those are painted lines. That's supposed to accentuate the double line. But anyway, the piercing bow, um, is just it's it's in modern SUP racing hulls. It's in modern boats, whether it be yachts, um, navy boats, or whatever. Anyway, it's it's just a it's a technique you can use to get through chop without slowing down. Is all it is, and it's that's the purpose purpose of it. The downside that some people have brought up is that the at an eighteen inch tall bow, 
you're more likely to get blown by the wind, which is absolutely true. There's no question that that is a negative side. If, you're, if you've got wind, you're more likely to get pushed from the side with the wind. It's not as low profile as some of the other fishing kayaks out there. And because okay. it's lighter, it actually moves faster. But of course, we have a thing called a drift control system that like paddle up, that just like cuts it in 50%. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. It's pretty cool. Very I haven't cool, shown man. that to the public yet. It's, um, okay. We'll, we'll sneak peek. Okay. I like it. I like it. I like it. The paddle goes in the water. You get the idea. I got it. I got it. So right behind that nose is, is a dashboard. Um, Oh my gosh, you've been doing your homework. They're the oh, first come on. Use the word, we're the first person to use the word dashboard other than Apex Party. Hey, man, I'm, I've been trying to keep up tabs. I mean, obviously, like I said, there's been a lot of talk. I mean, uh, what was it? Tuesday, everything got dropped. And I think every Facebook group I'm in, that's all the chat was about. And uh, it, it's kind of kind of cool. Um I love it um, when something new like this comes out and sparks the conversation. But yeah, the dashboard and and I know there's other parts of the boat where this is going to be incorporated is this magnet system to open and close that. And I think that's a very unique concept. But um, from doing my homework, um, if you guys haven't seen some of the videos that are out there, um, this dashboard, I believe it's made to fit a nine inch um screen for uh your fish finder so it's flat get a 12 inch screen oh 12 12 my bad so i'm going to show it with a nine initially i've got a nine inch screen coming from Lawrence. um i've got nine inch screens on my ranger right now i can really just stick it stick it in i've got a photo of a nine inch screen in there and it's like a lot basically you know how there's the double from the side anyway the boat comes up and then if, if there's a flat section that comes down, by the way, mm -hmm. the angle of that flat section, this is a side view. Your rods fit perfectly on it, meaning when you put your rods in front of your seat, they drop and they lay exactly the angle that you would, if you put your rod butts just in front of the seat, right when you would drop it without thinking, your rods perfectly lay on the, on the deck. The deck is designed to house those. Um, you can comfortably lay four rods, just blah blah blah. When they, they, there's, they don't, they're not in the way, and it's just, it's awesome. Just below that, you've got the dashboard. That dashboard, from the angle you're sitting, which is seven inches above, seven inches, which is you can't see. Um, that's eight inches from here to there. Anyway, above the standing deck, you've got the bucket swivel seat. We'll get into that. That is like, there's a lot of questions about that. I want to answer those. From that angle, you're looking down at your dashboard and your screen is like a great angle. The sun doesn't reflect. I mean, any, there's always some angle that's not right, but this angle is the ideal angle. You look, you can put a split screen, 12 inch screen on there and just sit there and you've got your, your graph, you've got your side vision, your down vision, you've got your sonar and boom, right there. Or you can put nine inch, five inch or whatever. But the point is there's room for flush mounted in a kayak, the first ever flush mounted full-on 12-inch screen. Now, the reason I'm saying 9-inch screen, I think that's, like, 12-inch screen is just heavy. This is, we, in a, in a bicycles, it costs you $1,000 per, like, half a pound, or I forget what the number is either, like, by however many ounces or whatever, to get the weight out. You okay. hate, like, you hate to, like, have the world's lightest boat fishing kayak, and then 
overload it for no reason. Like, so you want to, I believe you want to have the minimal weight possible. But anyway, so nine inches, what I think is what's going to, most people are going to be the happiest with this boat. But if you, this really, if you're fishing offshore a lot, a 12 inch screen can be flush mounted in the dashboard. It's pretty sweet. Interesting. I saw a comment um, in the chat here um, asking about saltwater. Uh, will this boat be saltwater ready? Yeah. So saltwater ready has a lot of implications. Okay. There's a lot of saltwater. There's the okay. dudes in New Zealand paddling through 15 foot waves to get out to um, catch fish. There's the guys fishing for bone fish and fly fishing in the flats out of keys. There's saltwater covers a lot of aspects, right? Um, so absolutely, saltwater is very much considered on this. I live in Rock Island, Tennessee, in Middle Tennessee, and I have to be close to my factory. And I'm working on R and I'm at this moment don't really have a great chance to do a road trip and go show this off in the saltwater. But saltwater, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Carbon right. fiber, so carbon, everything the boat is made out of reacts extremely well with saltwater. Now the okay. um, and the fact that you can punch, you can paddle out through these little golf waves and drain instantly. You can surf them in. I've already got video of me surfing river waves like this. Like, well, it's an amazing surf boat. Like, <laughs> anyway, just saying. I love it. Um, the uh, And then on the East Coast, you know, bigger waves, whatever, getting out. And then if you're out of the U.S., just paddling out through waves. This is the most wave-ready fishing kayak ever made. Like, it goes out. Boom, water out the back. And then now I will requalify that. There are offshore boats specifically designed for offshore. Stealth out of South Africa makes an awesome uh, fiberglass. It's not carbon fiber, it's a fiberglass kayak, but it's still amazing. And it's an offshore boat. It's designed for, it's super narrow tip, you can't stand or whatever. It's like, it's a different beast. Um, and it's a great offshore, anyway, it's a great composite offshore boat. But this boat, is very much saltwater ready. In fact, two of the people that bought the boat already um, today, uh, one of them is fishing the Everglades, who's a big, uh, uh, the other guy's a big tarpon fisherman, fly fisherman. Um, anyway, we can talk about fly fishing, catch nothing, you know, like the yeah, big, yeah, blah, blah, blah. But so, yeah, saltwater ready. Sorry, if I'm being too long-winded, let me know. No, 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 you're totally fine, man, because you're digging into a lot of topics that I'm, I'm sure me and Jay have on our list. Um, I'll, I'll let uh, I'll let Jay uh, take take a couple here because I've probably been stealing some of his thunder. <laughs> now that's cool. I've been reading a lot of questions too, but um, so moving back from the dashboard, um, you know, we noticed that the gunnels have a very unique shape. Uh, did you want to explain them as well? Yeah, sure. So. If you look from the side view, can you pull up my, just, can you just copy, and I'm so, Brian, if you can just copy and paste the the studio shot on the Kickstarter page or on the website. Yeah, and let me look it up here, man. Yep. It's just, you know, the white background, you can maybe put that up. That okay. The, um, yep. uh, I'll talk about it until we get there, but um, so the Apex Watercraft has what's called a double S uh, side view shape. There's several reasons for that, okay? Let's just go with the most branding, just kayak-related. When you see this thing, guess what? You know it's an Apex Watercraft. <laughs> you will not mistake this kayak for a Hobie or a Jackson 
or a native or anything else, right? There you go. Um, and if you can, if you can, so that is awesome. Can you zoom that in or not? Anyway, that's cool. Uh, let me try here. If you can't, that's fine. There, good job. Okay. So the double S meaning like you go and then back. So it's a very curved. These are second degree curves. I'm into pretty shapes and curves. Um, that isn't the, the reason behind it. So see the low, see the seat, that bucket seat you see mm -hmm. right in front of the seat, the low point. Yep. Can you think of anything you would stick there? Well, I saw your explanation on this, so yeah. I know the answer. Yeah, we, already, um, we cheated. But yeah, yeah, we cheated for this <laughs> test. But the paddle, and I thought that was unique. And <laughs> and so, uh, go ahead, go ahead, Eric. Sorry. If you put your paddle anywhere on the boat, guess where it ends up? It ends up right there, and yeah. and it's very easily behind your shins. You just drop the paddle, drop it down, it goes whoa, right to that low point. And guess what's in those low points? Magnets on both sides in the low point. Now, if your paddle, by the way, nobody in the whole world has a paddle that sticks to a magnet. I'm very aware of that. You um, you have to put you have to have something like a piece of metal in there. Maybe, maybe Apex Watercraft to make a little wrap that you stick on your paddle that's it's close enough in that's then interfere with your hands and why do you need them you only need a magnet in high wind situations yeah. sure in a high wind situation from the back your paddle will go and in the offshore for example and blow right up that hill the hill isn't steep enough to stop in a high wind or to blow into your legs and it's annoying mm -hmm. but with a magnet boom it just kind of locked there and it goes whoa, 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 and it's all good to go that is reason number one. Reason number two, we all like to catch big fish. Where do you pull the big fish in? Right, right over that side, man. And reason number three, if you were to come out of the boat, where do you get in the boat? You need a low point. This is your low point to climb back in the boat. And yes, by the way, in an apex, you can climb in the stern again also. You can climb in all the way from the back, which is wide open. But if you want to climb in from the side, if you're not super athletic and whatever, that helps you. That's an area you can get back in the boat if for any reason you were to fall out of boat purely from safety reasons. It gives you a, an opportunity to get back in as easy as possible. That's another reason. And last but not least, there's no upside potential of having that area higher because you're paddling this kayak. And when you paddle and your hands are going like this, guess what? That low point is perfectly keeps the gunnel away from your hands. You can cruise with this boat. When you paddle, that boat isn't in your way. I'm a kayaker. Like, I'm a racing kayaker. I race in the Olympics. I've done world championships. I'm an extreme racer. I do not like when my hand is getting beat up by the boat and the boat's in the way. It's very, I'm very in, to, in, in tune with when I paddle, is my boat in my way? And I we went out of our way to make sure that the gunnels are out of the way. If you want to be a performance paddler, like let's say you're paddling for fitness or you're in a tournament, you want to go from here to there really fast. That's the reasons for the side view shape. Now, why in the back? Why does it go from the low point to a high point? Well, the high point behind the seat assures that you've got a lot of storage area. You've got places that you can protect all your stuff. Water doesn't come in and doesn't splash it. You feel comfortable when you're sitting in the seat. You feel comfortable. There's enough gunnel around you 
that really protects. It's actually almost 18 inches tall from the, the hull to the top of the gunnel behind the stern also. And when you see the boat, you'll, you'll realize there's a lot of room back there for from the old school milk crate. We're making our own special tackle bag, which of course has magnets on the bottom. So you just go like this and this sits and you're like, Oh, that's sweet. Anyway. <laughs> well, we got a, we got an interesting question here cause you're talking about paddling and how, how fast the boat is. Um, now I'm sure before you answer this, I want to stress, like Eric said, Eric races kayaks. Yeah. So he's not <laughs> like the normal, the normal six, four, that guy that I call myself. Yeah. Um, but uh, what would you say would be an average paddle speed? You know, just just kind of paddling along. Okay. So this is not a super fast kayak. Okay. Okay. This is not a this we can make, and we will be making a really fast kayak, like for offshore. I want to paddle from Florida to the Bahamas in a fishing kayak and go paddle around South Andros and fish the Bahamas, right? Um, uh, this isn't that kayak. You need a really fast, narrow kayak. This is a 36-inch wide, the most stable kayak out there. And at 36-inch <clears throat> stable, it is faster than the kayaks that are way narrower. It is a fast kayak, but it is not, like, super fast. Okay. With that yep. said, with that said, on average, people, if you're just cruising, the way an energy curve works on a kayak, it, let's see, uh, it goes like this. It's an exponential curve. What that means, as you go from one mile an hour to two miles an hour to three miles an hour to four miles an hour to five miles an hour to six miles an hour, the energy curve is so steep that even if you paddle, have twice as much horsepower, you're only going to go 6.2 or whatever, whatever. Basically, we can cruise. I can, I can cruise seven miles an hour in this kayak when I, like, hit the gas. Okay. I don't do knots, man. I don't know. I'm a miles per hour kind of a guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, seven miles per hour, the gas I go. I'm gonna, I can go seven miles per hour in this kayak. If you're just cruising, it's cruising at low speeds. If you're just going like this and you're just cruising along, it cruises super comfortable, faster than most of the kayaks that I've sold before. Okay, that's all I'm trying to say. What kind well, of I mean, MPH would you say on that? Like four, what? three and a half, four? Three and a half to four. Oh, three. Okay, here's three and a half for me. <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> we're, talk we're talking about us. <laughs> just <laughs> I'm just like, here's, here's the way I'm, I do not want to say I'm a numbers guy. I'm an engineering guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, I dropped out of an engineering school after my junior year, um, but I was Dean's list guy anyway. But I'm an engineering mind, and um, I design things. I believe in numbers. Um, I we somebody asked me to do a speed test today on Facebook. Maybe it was on Kayak Bass Nation or something like. How fast does it go? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to answer the question. I know I how fast I've clocked it on my iPhone. Okay. With me paddling it, but I'm going to do a test and do it in in a way that at different zones, you can know, like, if you just want to cruise, this is what you can expect. Okay. And um, the things you can't expect, a boat that's sub 40 pounds, and the reason I'm saying sub, sub 40 pounds as a tongue twister, I guess, is because I want it to be quite a bit lighter than that, but sub 40 pounds, 
is every stroke most here's the you know what the average speed of a kayak fisherman is when they're moving the boat between zero and two miles an hour they're not moving they have to turn and then move and then cast turn move or they're moving backwards and have to go forwards sure the number one advantage of this kayak is the fact that you're going to go from where you are to where you want to be way faster than you would otherwise. How come? Because the acceleration is way faster. Meaning when you, you just need to do a turn, if you're in, you're standing up and paddling, you could put your rod tip in the water. Now, depending on how long your rod is and what lure, if, if you've got a big old spinner bait or something like that, you just go, Whoa, and it turns the boat quickly. If you've got like a spinning rod with a med rig, you're going to be like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> but, the, but the point is, you can like literally you can control your boat. It, it is so responsive because it's so lightweight. And that is the the feeling of that, the experience of that is just unbelievable. Until you've had it, you're like, whoa. Anyway, that is where the speed, like I'm here, I want to go there. And that doesn't even talk about the seat. Like I'm here and I want to cast there. Here's an Apex watercraft. Here's another boat. Uh, uh, point yeah. is, like turn and go. A swivel seat is something that we should talk about at some point because it gives you access yeah. to different uh, angles. It's just it's just another thing that like really yeah. makes it more fishable, tournament ready, or just for fun. Well, before we get to the seat, moving back to that, um, you put a cork deck in the boat or cork decking system. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was genius. Um, Why? You know, not not your normal C deck, so to speak, but the cork. Um, Why do you like the cork? What do you think? What's, I, what? the, the cork is going to deaden sound a lot more. How do you uh, know that? Uh, because, <laughs> all right, you want to know the real reason yeah. why I know I that. I know how you know <laughs> that. Cork, cork is used as an underlayment in a lot of um, apartment and condo buildings underneath flooring to deaden sound so it doesn't transfer you know through. Stuff, man. <laughs> That's Brian's profession. That's my profession. But, <laughs> but so, so I thought that was interesting, you know, because if you drop something, you know, that's a big thing. You know, guys and gals are worried about, uh, you know, you drop a big weight or something in the bottom of your traditional plastic kayak. It makes an echo through the water. That cork is going to deaden that sound, and not only that, it's soft on the foot, just That's, like sea deck. I was just going to say that. I mean, it's, I don't it's have to even talk about the cork. Thank yeah. you. Good yeah, job. it'll be it'll be more okay. consistent Next on the feel of the foot. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, was that the exact reasoning for that um, so, sound dampening and stuff? Sound, yeah, sound dampening. Um, it's the number. It's better in grip. So wet shoes, rubber shoes against rubber. Um, so. I'm a big fan of C-Deck and C-Deck makes it. I've got some C-Deck prototypes here uh, with the Apex logo. They're awesome. And if that's what we had to put on, I'd be totally comfortable. They're amazing decks. Like, they're great. Um, do they have the same kind of traction as the cork? No. Yeah. Cork has better wet traction for both bare feet and for, um, uh, for shoes. Now, there's a downside to cork. Cork is better at sound dampening when you don't want to scare fish or whatever. That cork decking, we've got three millimeter cork decking. Of course, it's laser etched with the Apex logo on it. That's how mm -hmm. the logo's on there. Um, it's CNC machine to fit on just where it goes. 
it only covers a certain it covers basically from about uh, two feet behind the seat all the way up to the front deck. Um, in the final boat, we may have some cork decking. We may put some strips in a couple areas that we want to make sure that keep the boat as quiet as we can. Nice. But sound dampening is absolutely. In fact, the the boat that you see, the boat that you have a photo of, the core material in between the carbon layers of that kayak is cork. Interesting. Hmm. However, the boat that we're going to be selling, it will not have. That boat is a cork core boat. It has six millimeter cork core in some of the standing areas. It has two millimeter cork core everywhere else. So basically you've got carbon, carbon, cork, carbon, carbon is the layup of that particular boat. We eliminate, that was my, I've got a whole roll of this cork core. I'm eliminating the cork as a core, which is also really good for sound dampening. So like if you hit your rod or a reel or a, something on the, the, or your paddle against the carbon, it also helps dampen that sound. Okay. That was the reason for it. The downside is it absorbs too much resin and is actually too heavy. Yeah. We abandoned that and we are now using traditional foam core, which is way lower density where you're doing stringers and blah, blah, blah. As much as I would have liked to have cork as a core in between the layers of carbon, we have had to go back to foam core simply because we couldn't get the weight to the point that we wanted that uh, the weight to be. So, but for, yeah, standing on, I'm a barefoot guy. I yeah. love fishing barefoot. I love, I just generally speaking, I only put shoes on if I have to and standing <laughs> on the cork and it's a natural material. You look at it, you just feel like, you know, you're, you're surrounded by a lot of stuff and the, whatever the carbon is obviously a human manufactured thing, but the cork is a very natural thing. It's a very soothing. It's a very enjoyable experience. It's brown. It's, you know, it's a, it's a wood. So anyway, I just really like the aesthetics of it. Um, so where do you get this cork? This, the company that sells this cork, their primary market is 90 plus foot super yachts. That's what they sell to. And Apex Watercraft. Okay. So, <laughs> um, it was not easy to find just the right cork that could be could could take the abuse and the, and be wet all the time and whatever. Um, this cork is pretty pretty amazing. It's a company called Amarum Cork. Uh, mm -hmm. You can look it up. I am familiar. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so they're super awesome. And uh, it's not cheap. Um, no. yeah, you can, it's, let's, you know, you think C deck's expensive? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait till you buy a roll of cork. <laughs> yeah, you want to buy some cork? Okay. <laughs> Why don't you take this tree? <laughs> well, well, moving back from that deck is the seat, which is pretty unique. Um, I know Jay and I. Jay and I were talking about this seat uh, in a phone conversation. Um, I know you kind of drew from some different concepts um, <laughs> to kind of come up with the perfect seat. Um, yeah. Mine and Jay's big question was, okay. because we're bigger guys, will there yeah. be a cushion in the seat? <laughs> okay. You got your own damn cushion, man. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> My boat yeah. has a cushion. Yours doesn't. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, just you want to be comfortable, man. <laughs> well, 
what you need. Okay, so I've been in there's if you look at my history, so I sold whitewater kayaks long before before I sold fishing kayaks. And if you look at my history, the number one thing that I brought to the market is the most comfortable boats in the market. Okay. And I was never able to do it all by myself. I'm the, the concept guy. And I know that we need to find out what is the radius of this curve and whatever. Yeah. And my old design partner, David Knight at Jackson kayak, when we were designing the whitewater seats or the wave sport seats, whatever, trying to figure out just what's required to make the seat the most comfortable. Um, David Knight had this old army book. It's an army ergonomics book that had hundreds of thousands of people and all their average heights and their femur lengths and their thighs and their, you know, their butt widths and blah, 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 and whatever. And came up with all these general rules, like for a women's butt, you need to have a minimum of a three inch radius from the, where the seat goes up to here and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, for, you need that when you come off the seat, there's a certain angle and all these very specific engineering things, there's data is out there. So one of the things that I got slammed on by, I don't know, kayak bass nation or somebody was like a tractor seat. Like, Oh, we should just take this. And there's tractor seats available on tractor supply for like nine bucks. It's like a little pad or something. Or whatever. And they're like, Oh my God, let's just get one thing straight. Tractors are over a hundred years old. Mm -hmm. Farmers sit on those tractors 12 hours a day. At least. Okay, there's no way in hell that they're going to sit, if there's a comfortable seat and an uncomfortable seat, farmers figured out, far, tractors have figured out how to design a comfortable seat. All day comfort, just sitting your ass there and not moving. Whoa. All day long. I'll take a tractor designer, seat designer, over any like sports car dude any day of the week. Number one. I like that. That's interesting. Yeah. That's number one. Fighter jets, race cars, go karts. I didn't. I didn't mention go karts before, but yeah, go karts. My Olympic slalom seat. Why that one? I've got. I. I've averaged five hundred workouts a year for fifteen years in my Olympic slalom seat. I know, and it's all carbon. And there's very specific shapes, and I'm very aware that these people fit and these don't. And you want control. Here's what happens. So on, there's the two things. There's the extreme side of things. I paddle big whitewater in my kayaks, my okay. fishing kayaks. No, my fishing kayaks. Yeah. I take my fishing kayaks where people don't go, okay? And when I'm in a, 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 a suspension seat, and let's, take, let's just take a look at all the seats that are sold today in fishing kayaks. What is, what's the construction? Aluminum tubing and a suspension, right? Yep. What year did that start? I'll I tell have you no idea. <laughs> in fishing kayaks, it started when we did the CUSA, but it didn't okay. start in the CUSA in 2011. It started in 2007 when I brought that seat to the Jackson Kayak Day Tripper, a recreational kayak. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was oh. called an elite seat. That's the first time people were doing that in kayaks. Okay. Everybody uses that. And my first Apex watercraft seat was a custom made. I was going to make a, a scissors shock system, like Fox shock scissors system with a custom wax canvas, super high end, all carbon suspension seat. But my problem was that when I'm paddling and there's waves or whatever, 
you if, if your boat tips, you just slide off the seat and fall in the water. It's not actually a very confidence-inspiring seat. It's really just a lawn chair. Yeah. And it hasn't changed since 2007 very much. Gotcha. And I was so far down the road, and all of a sudden it was like, what am I doing? I'm not innovating with my seat. I'm just creating a very fancy, lightweight shock version with custom upholstery. I'm creating like a Rolls Royce version of it, but the performance of it, other than the shock, isn't really that great. That's not what I need. I need a performance seat. I need a seat that moves when I move. I need a seat that like I, a, a bass hits behind me at 45 degrees, boom. Busting on a shad, and I'm not like oh, 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 oh or like oh, or like I need to go like this Woo. and hit the fish. Now I'm talking bass because I'm assuming most people here are bass, but anyway. And the other thing, so we created I created a bucket seat that's like that houses you and supports your ass and your legs and your back in a really comfortable way. No padding whatsoever. You're sitting on friggin' carbon and epoxy, and it's more comfortable than any seat you've ever sat on for all day seating. There's no pressure points. It's unbelievable. Interesting. I, yes, you can put a pad on it, and I've got just the type of pad to put on it, but no, <laughs> I'm not putting a pad on it myself. Okay. You sit in it, and how big the seat is basically, I've designed the seat to be good a 300 plus pounder can get their ass on the seat and be fine. And be I like, mean, you did have Hoover in the boat, just saying. He had room to wiggle. He had room to wiggle. That's all I'm yeah. saying. <laughs> Love you, Chad. Love you, Chad. A lot more capacity for Chad than, than Chad. Chad did not even come close to top it out. But the angle, so the, the, you can't just make a seat. The, the angle that the, the, the seat sits, the angle of the back, the edges, but let me give you a couple things. Here's something that nobody's even knows about the seat. I'm going to show you. I'm going to tell you on your podcast first. There Here's we go. An exclusive. Listen to me off, but I can't help it. <laughs> so you paddle to shore. You put the boat parallel to shore, and you're sitting on the boat, and you turn sideways. You put your, head, your legs over the edge. You stand up, and you walk away. Old guys, people with bad knees, fat guys, doesn't matter who it is, people that aren't athletes, you just go like this. You get to shore, pull yourself, put yourself, your boat parallel to shore, you just go like this. And you walk away. Unbelievable. Now, here's the kicker. I had no, I didn't design that in. I never thought of that. I got caught filming with the prototype with the first time that we did the run with the with that seat. And a guy comes up and he goes, what is that thing? Well, it's a new Apex watercraft. Like, I own a native Slayer. And, and guys are like, I own a wilderness, whatever. And you're like, oh, sweet. We're talking like, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, how much is that? I'm like, it's like 11 grand. He goes, ah, oh, that's way too much for me. Man, I wish I did. I just bought a towy skiff. It's a skiff made locally, whatever. And that's like, that's like 20 grand. Yeah, man. If I didn't buy one of those, I'd look at that, whatever, blah, 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 whatever. You want to try it? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes in, he tries it. He comes out and he pulls up to shore. And I'm like, oh, by the way, you know that seat swivels. And he goes, oh, really? And he turns and he puts it, he could like, he's with this guy I had to help in. You know, you go to sit down. He's like, oh, my knees are bad. And I'm like, yeah. and he's like, oh, and he's worried he's going to fall into the seat. 
and I help him down or whatever. And then he turns sideways and he steps out and he goes, oh, my God, I want one. Like, <laughs> he's like, I can get in. I can get out of this thing. Like, that's genius. And I'm like, I didn't think about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. That's yeah. I had no idea. He, this dude, the first guy, the only other guy that ever tried it other than Chad Hoover and myself and the guys that work for me like taught me something about the boat i had no idea it was unbelievable that's awesome you know i'm gonna say from from doing all the shows that we've done in the past um that is the number one thing that keeps a lot of people out of kayaks yeah because they got bad knees they got bad backs they don't want to sit that low um you know they're not fond of you know using uh you know the stand-up strap or you know i mean everyone just you know pretty much goes to like the blue sky you yeah. know, for, you know, anybody coming from the boat world that's maybe even thinking about it, that's, you know, definitely, I would say mid forties on they got any kind of injuries. They don't want, they don't want to have anything to do with the kayak. Yeah, The kayak is, a, no, that's a good one. Actually. That's a good. Um, so at Jackson kayak, we had a, had a program, this guy named Butler Cox, and he led a program called the gray blades and um, otherwise known as like, people with gray hair, you know, like old people. And um, and I've led a whole bunch of uh, dealer summits. So I used to have all my dealers at Jackson Kayak come here and they'd have right here at the house, they'd, we'd have yep. 200 people for dinner, like three nights in a row and big parties on the back deck and whatever. And, and our conversations are about, so what do you need? Like, what's going on? You're there. You're in the front lines. You're talking to the customer, you're the paddlers, you're doing demos, you're You've got kayak construction and blah, blah, blah. Number one thing with kayak fishing is the weight. Like these things are too heavy. And one of the guys that bought my kayak today on Kickstarter, he's like, oh, yeah, I used to, you know, fish the Harpeth River. And it's been a year and a half since I've been able to take my Kusa down there. What's the lightest fishing kayak out there? The original Kusa. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, not the Kusa HD, but the original Kusa was 70 pounds. Um, but currently the lightest Jackson kayak out there you can get is 78 pounds. Um, anyway, uh, he's like, I haven't been able to go down for a year and a half. I just got back surgery, but he bought the boat. I can go back. I can start kayak fishing again. You know, I'll be able to kayak fish for years to come. Um, the weight factor has been extremely overlooked. Um, it's the reason I started Apex Watercraft is the weight, period. Absolutely the weight. With weight, if you lower the weight, you can increase performance. And if you're going to do that, just the fact that I'm using all carbon fiber, foam core, hand laid up, infusion, the amount of labor, I can tell you how many hours it takes to make a Jackson kayak or a Hobie or whatever, like how many hours of labor, how many man hours they're paying to put that boat into a bag to ship it to somebody. We're putting eight times, seven times the labor into making this boat. It's, it's, gonna, it's expensive. The materials are ridiculously expensive. If you're going to do that, let's make it more than just the weight. Let's innovate in other ways. Let's find other performance options, other ways to improve the performance. And that's been a big part of what we've been trying to accomplish, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. Um, one question that came in from... Uh, our uh, our good friend Bridget Howard. Um, <laughs> Hi, Bridget. Does, 
Does the carbon? She's my sister-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did not know that. I know okay, she so just recently got married, but I didn't know there was a family connection. There. My wife's brother. So Bill oh. Valet. Bill Valet. So my wife's maiden name is Christine Valet. Okay. Her brother Bill works at Jackson Kite. She's been, he's been working for me for I don't know twelve years probably. Bridget's been work on the team and working for me for yeah, forever, for a long time, maybe eight or years, probably would be my guess. I have to, if it's more than that, Bridget, sorry, I'm not hundred percent sure. And then when all of a sudden I found out they were dating and was like, whoa, that's amazing. Like they're the perfect couple. And then they got married. They had the wedding. I actually married them in the backyard. That's awesome. Just saying the, um, so I'm a big Bridget fan. We are too, man. Uh, all us JK guys, but she had a, a pretty interesting question, and it was: Does the carbon fiber seat get blistering hot in the sun? Well, if you just left it straight black, it would, um, like anything black. The okay. beautiful thing, the beautiful thing about this kayak is that it can be any color you want. Okay, so um, so the seat, the seat you've seen is pure carbon. And why did I show it in pure carbon? I wanted to show just what an amazing job that we're doing laying the carbon down. You, If you look at that seat, we showed a slow-mo pan over that seat. There's no fiber distortion. You don't see any lines. You don't see any carbon hairs anywhere. How come? Because you've ever heard of the F-22 Raptor? It's in my marketing, but... Mm -hmm. It's the first carbon fiber fighter jet to like go Lockheed Martin. They spent $47 million a week developing the thing. And who's in charge of that? Russ Amanis. Who's in charge of our molding? Russ Amanis. Okay. <laughs> Who laid up that seat with his own bare hands? Russ Amanis. Who laid up the kayak? Who's going to lay up the kayak that the first Kickstarter person buys or the 10th one? Russ Amanis. Now, do we have help? Is it going to be Colton Breeding and Craig Heflin? Absolutely. Are we going to have additional? We are not skimping on our our team on who are making these boats because this is it takes a lot of skill and experience to do this right. Anyway, when it comes to the colors and the paint scheme, why is the paint scheme on the boat itself the way it is? Well, there's a deck. And there's a hull, and they join together, and there's a line. Now, that line is bored straight, and it is one of the most perfect scenes you'll ever see. But it's not perfect. But when you get it, it's going to look perfect, and you'll see no seam. Why? Because it's painted over, and it is 100% smooth and perfect and fared in. The craftsmanship is unbelievable. Now, the seat itself, we showed it with no paint. It's blistering hot in the sun. If it's not wet or whatever, it can get hot. Absolutely. It can be white and gray, reflective, metal flake, blah, blah, blah. We're going to leave in the final boat, we'll leave some carbon fiber. We want you to be able to see the carbon fiber, but we will coat that in such a way that will reflect the majority of the light and not absorb and not be overly hot. And it's actually, anyway, comfortable, sweet, sweet seat all day. Um, black gets hot in the sun no for sure we had a we have another question in here um so why not fiberglass instead of the carbon fiber um 
the gentleman earlier commented this mm-hmm. as well, and he his thought process would fi- was mm-hmm. fiberglass would be cheaper. Fiberglass is absolutely cheaper. Fiberglass. Um, uh, let's just start with I made a hundred fiberglass whitewater kayaks in my basement in nineteen when I was fifteen years old. So nineteen seventy nine in New Hampshire for whitewater kayakers. Fiberglass is a terrible material for a variety of things. One is very brittle, it breaks, and it's heavy. If you're going to make a super lightweight boat, yes, you can make it cheaper. And yes, we could make the same boat out of fiberglass and it would be brittle and it would break and you'd be patching it. Uh, So to avoid that, we would put double the material um, so that you wouldn't have to break it. Um, and now it's really heavy. Now the, the, the weight advantage isn't that great. Um, there's a lot of reasons not to use fiberglass. Now, is fiberglass a great material? And can it be used? And are there benefits of fiberglass? Absolutely. A proper S-glass as an external layer, has good abrasion resistance, blah, blah, blah. There's situations where you can use fiberglass. Right now, I don't. I have zero interest in dummying down my boat in any way. My objective is to push the envelope and create the highest performance, lightest weight, best fishing kayak I can. Two years down the road or whatever, I may decide to expand my market and make like the silver tier, you know, the next level down at a, you know, instead of 11 grand, it's, you know, seven or $8,000 made out of fiberglass and whatever. And instead of me, instead of the fiber showing it's, all just painted because we don't want you to see where all the weave isn't matched mm-hmm. up and the edges and the, the, you know, all that stuff, which by the way, if you look at the $10,000 bicycles out there, yeah. carbon fiber bicycles yeah. of which yeah. how many carbon fiber bicycles are sold by the major companies over 10 grand? Uh, quite a few, I think, right? One out of 40 of them specialized Cannondale Lightspeed, all these companies, <clears throat> Let's put it in perspective. My projections for how many boats I'm going to sell in 2020 is 150. Just from Jackson Kayak alone, let's say we sold 8,000 fishing kayaks at, at one out of 40. That's 200 boats. If I only sold to my own Jackson Kayak market, I should sell 200 in that if the market would accept it. Now, there's a lot of pushback at the moment. Like if you look like, whoa, whoa, I could buy a decent bass boat for that, you know, whatever. Um, and I tried to, I posted an article about what they call halo bicycles, mm-hmm. which shows, I don't know if you read that. Do you read that, Brian? Uh, I did not. Okay. I'll have to send it to you, but it basically, it has the peanut gallery of all the different comments. It's like, I could buy a motorcycle for that price. I could buy yeah. whatever. Literally it's like exactly the comments you're seeing about apex. I could buy a, a John boat, I could buy a boat with a motor and blah, 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 blah. But the, the companies, what they found is that number one, they were able to sell those boats and people wanted those, or some of those bikes, wanted those bikes. They wanted the lightweight, the performance features of the bikes. But also in doing that, they were able to, to develop new technologies and they weren't limited by the, I just got to make it the cheapest. Oh, can we source this part in China? and just eliminate all R&D and all development, just can we make it cheaper? They were able to push the limits and it trickled down, really developed 
where the thousand, two thousand, three thousand, four thousand, five thousand dollar bicycles all of a sudden became way better. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's what I hope that Apex Watercraft does. <laughs> I hope well, a year from now, people, anyway, sorry. No, I, I was just going to ask, like, so I'm from the mountain bike world. Oh, you and, are? You know, it, well, yeah, at an uh, earlier time. Uh, now, I'm, <laughs> now I'm pretty much sporting a fisherman's body. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, I know what you're talking about for, you know, the lightweight, you know, the speed you get out of it. But I think the one thing that, you know, some people are going to want to know, too, is that is it going to be just is it going to be more durable now? Because I know from seeing some pros crash, they, they've cracked frames and they've done stuff. Now, that being asked. The normal fisherman is not you going down, you know, the river down with the rocks and all the craziness. Right. Um, but is there, you know, what's the, you know, uh, the implications of the, the impact or something like that? You know, that's a great question. Um, so let's do it this way. The way I take, there's two ways of carrying apex. You just grab it and it's like, um, you can also grab by the bow. You have not seen our, or a little hole in the front, you can put a rope through, whatever you drag it up. Um, because the boat's so light, you can drag it through the woods and stuff like that. It's super easy to move around. Carbon epoxy is extremely durable. It's abrasion resistant. Um, we also have a negra in there. Um, a negra is a material. Abrasamanis, our head of molding, is the lead on R&D for a negra. Just, just Google a negra and look at the durability testing. We're talking in everything from bulletproof stuff to football helmets to whatever. Anegra is the stuff. <laughs> and um, we have Anegra in this boat as well. It's extremely durable for its weight. The lower you make the weight, like if, if this was an 80 pound carbon fiber Anegra boat, I'd be like, bulletproof. it's, I, I mean, like if somebody comes at me with a, with a Gatling gun, I'll just be like, hold my boat. Yeah. And be like, and yeah, you're, you're like, I'm going to drive to the river today without tying down my boat. <laughs> <laughs> but we're making like, we're making, you know, a 35 pound boat. And um, so we've only got so much material there. So where the damage will, is going to come is if some, it's like a bumper on a car, like where the damage is going to come if somebody, there's a super sharp rock and somebody's got a load of boat and they just like drop it. And there's one little point of impact and it's going to puncture through and it's going to puncture the carbon. It's going to break some epoxy. It's going to go into the core. But here's the good thing. An apex watercraft should last for 25 years. Like you can fix it easy. You can, it's literally, it's extremely repairable. And when you repair it, it's as good as new. If you're not good at repairing it, cosmetically, it may not be as good as new, but structurally, it should be. A plastic boat is not the same. A plastic boat just wears and wears and wears until you wear a hole in it. Like if you drag a plastic boat, you wear a hole in it. You can't just build the plastic up. If you crack it, yes, you can weld it. Um, but the longevity of this boat is last, well, should last longer than any plastic boat out there. You may have to fix it. If you've never done any composite work in your life, you're gonna be like, well, I don't wanna, it's a $10,000, $11,000 boat. I don't wanna have to fix it. Like, well then don't break it. 
And how hard is it to not break it? It's not that hard to not break it. If you drop it off the trailer going down the highway, you're going to scuff it up. You may break it. It's probably going to float in the air, go over three lanes, yeah. the other it's just going to fly. And then it's going to land softly. It probably won't actually break until the truck runs it over. Yeah. <laughs> but in white water, in a white water situation where you're going to break it, if you keep running white water, your bow comes up and the stern keeps hitting over and over and over. By the way, that photo doesn't show the fins. Can we get to talk about that in a second or not? Yeah, yeah, we'll talk yeah. about that in a second. The fins protect the stern. If there's no fin, you keep hitting the stern. Eventually, you're going to start getting stress cracks, and you're going to have to fix the stern. With If you bang it on whitewater over and over the stern, the last six inches of the stern, you're going to hit over and over because the bow is going to lift, and the stern is going to tap those rocks. Um, if you're running a lot of whitewater, Okay, um, okay. But if you're wearing, if you're using the fin, it's going to protect that. Anyway, did you? No, you did that video with the big rig, like a while back. Your red, white, and blue one going down the the white water. That was a but yeah, oh, the Kusa. Sorry, my bad. Yeah. Did you do that with this yet? I haven't been to that big a white water yet, but that that this boat does that way better. Like not even the same category. That boat right after that photo. I hit, I subbed out, and I came up with a bathtub full of water. Every sit on top out there, it's just a bathtub with little holes to drain it, right? <laughs> and you go in, and you're just, I was literally like just bracing, trying not to flip. I've got my cooler, a Ryan cooler full of stuff. I'm going camping. I'm going like a wilderness, Canadian, smallmouth pike trip. And that was like the first big rapid. And I'm like, don't tip now. Like, oh, and I'm, and I'm in it. <laughs> This boat goes like this, and the water is gone. It's not even the same category. It's like not even anyway. This is what boat is ten times better at that. Is that that photo? Put this boat in that photo. I'd be like just doing that through it. I wouldn't even have to paddle and do the paddle. <laughs> we had a we had a question here. Can you talk about the through haul transducer option? Okay, so the dashboard. I know you can't. I. I'm, I suck at getting marketing photos. I apologize. I suck at making websites and a whole bunch of stuff. And I, you guys deserve so much more details than you have. I'm going to try to catch up. Eventually, you're going to get them all. So the, the dash-mounted electronics, you got the dashboard, flush-mounted, blah, blah, blah. You lift it up, go in there on the hull. You literally, you glue in your transducer. You can do a transom-mounted. You can suck, you stick the epoxy, you glue it in. You can do a puck-mounted. You shoot through the hull. That only works for sonar and down vision. It doesn't work for side vision or for live vision, live scope, depending on what you're running. Okay. Um, so if you want to run live vision, live scope, you've got to have an exterior transducer. We have the drift control paddle holder thing that goes, that goes over the gunnel in front of you. The cable is going to have to come out of there, and you're going to have to run it over the side. It's going to have to be an external one. The cool thing is if you're running only sonar and down vision, you've got a flush mounted electronics. There's no transducers on the hull. You, you look at the hull, there's no scuppers and there's no transducers. Everything's inside. It's just as accurate as, as it would be if it was um, like in a scupper hole. Um, I mean, we didn't get into scupper holes. I hate scupper holes. Just so you know. Anyway, so keep going. <laughs> well, we did. We didn't touch on the scupper holes. I mean, 
um, this boat's got no scupper holes. So you mean water breaks? You mean water breaks? I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Water breaks. <laughs> you know they're the same thing, right? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, the, the drainage of this boat is, is pretty unique. So my question was, because I watched the video with uh, you and Chad, and so is that deck kind of pitched at a backwards, downwards angle towards the rear of the boat so all yeah. that water runs out right away? That is correct. The um, If you're really heavy and you walk to the very front, if you walk to the front of the standing platform, you could tip it down so it's – it's no longer drainage. But if you're sitting in the seat or if you're standing in front of the seat, the 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 it sits slightly stern down and the deck is slightly stern down. So the water comes in and just runs out the back. If you were to walk all the way to the very front, you could potentially you could get it to sit and you could keep some water up there. Um, but yeah, like when you go through you're sitting in the seat and you go through a wave, it comes up, the water just goes. Like instantly, like you, it, the second water comes in, you're like, it's gone. It just doesn't stop. It goes right out the back. Um, if you like, uh, Chad did a thing. I just put up a thing where Chad was doing this wobble thing, whatever. He walked all the way to the front and he got some water in from the stern. And so he had a little bit of water sitting there in the deck, um, 290 pounds standing in the front of the boat. He was able to trap some water. Um, okay. Had he like sat down or whatever, it would have just gone out the back. Interesting. Had but the, most people don't have scupper holes all the way up there anyway. But right, right, right. So um, the back of the boat, wide open. Um, why? Why the wide open concept? Other than the water drainage, and uh, I believe I heard you say there would possibly be a removable tailgate that could go in that area. What? Where'd you hear that? You heard that? No, oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> oh, man, I've got no surprises left. The, um, <laughs> okay, so, yeah, we have not created the tailgate yet. Um, okay. The wide open is simply for water drainage. Um, you can climb in the back. There's no upside to filling that in for what we're doing. It's above the water, whatever. But with that said, if you there's... Um, there's several reasons to have what we call a tailgate, which is to close that off. Reason number one, transom mounted trolling motor, for example. Um, reason number two, you're packing a whole bunch of stuff and you're not going to paddle through any waves and you're in super calm water and you don't need any drainage whatsoever. And even if we put a tailgate, we could put a drainage out the back if we wanted to. Um, we could put that up. It could be netting. It could be... A solid piece, you know, we're talking about a solid carbon piece that slides into the back with an end cap that comes up and is a transom mounted and you put a trolling motor on, for example. Um, there's a lot of ways to close that off. I left it open to leave the options open. If I'm paddling down a river, if I want to go fish the New River Gorge in West Virginia, where Kayak Bass Nation is headquartered in Appomattox River Company, for example. Hi, Vincent. Hope you're out there. Anyway, the, um, if I want to go down the new river, I'm going to paddle it wide open because I'm going to be punching through waves and I want the water to come out the back and whatever. If I'm paddling in somewhere that's super calm and I just, I may put the tailgate on there and just keep it closed up and you throw all your stuff in there. The other thing that's not shown back there is a strap system where you have a strap down your dry bags and whatever. 
Um, we're in, there will be this many bungees. Zero. Okay, um, I thought you. I thought you liked bungees, buddy. Uh man, I, oh, I hate bungees. <laughs> you like bungees, <laughs> the, um, man. There's nothing good about a bungee. A bungee, they never last. They pull out. They get stretched and they catch lures and ugh, like bungees, man. Don't even talk to me about bungees. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, there was this other thing. Um, you showed that you you would have rod stowage uh, right inside along the seat. Uh, my my question would be additionally: Will it only be two, or maybe there'll be four? You can put you can easily put you can put four. Oh, is there a video? Okay, is that the video? Okay. I was just showing the dashboard. I finally found something I could show it. So. Okay, sweet. Well, that doesn't really show well, but that's okay. You do. You see where my hand, my thumbs are mm -hmm. on the foot brace. You see that that horizontal that ridge. It's like a little secondary standing deck, but it's only wide enough for say a few rods. Yep. Okay. And the, if you look at the top view of the boat, it's curved, right? The top view is curved, and there's this. Those are the rod staging area. It's elevated. It's off the water. Your reels don't sit in water. Your reels aren't on the standing. They, your feet never touch them. And what do you do? Here's what you do. I know that top view. That view doesn't work. But anyway, I'm trying, EJ. I'm trying. I love how he's telling you suck. <laughs> and I need to view the show. That's my fault. It's my fault. You had to. I should have given you the view. So what you do, literally, you're fishing. You're sitting there. You're cast. And you're like, I'm going to put this rod down. You go like this. You take it. Trying to do it. In, and you just, like, stick it down next to your seat. Mm -hmm. You push it against the gunnel. There is a, it's a mud hole, EVA fighting butt end about this tall that's fixed onto that platform and you just push the rod it bends the rod against the gunnel the reel is up there in the front the tip is in the back and you push the middle around that and it holds it literally it's just like this you don't even have to look you just drop the reel push it down push it aside drop it oh take a second one drop the reel push it down put doom oh other side do 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 you need a reel you're paddling along you need a reel you just like grab it and pick it up no bungees, no nothing. You take the whole boat, tip it upside down. Guess what? Your rods don't fall out. Unbelievable, convenient. Right there, you see the reel. You see what it, you see what you're using. It's right there. It's a very, I believe. I, I think it's like a genius. No, I didn't. When my idea, one of my guys, genius way to go from here to like end one. <laughs> I'm like, I can't tell you how fired up I am on the rod storage. Now, that is not a trolling. You can't troll from there. That's to put your rod down. Sure. So do you said you said four, right? Two on, four. Two on each side. So four total. Yeah, four. Four. You can put six or eight. One is like the reels, everything. Two, you, st you, you stagger the reels a little bit. If you put three in each side... It all depends on the reels. Like it depends if you're using spinning reels or mm. or rods. Once you get to three in each side, your risk of going above the knob. Like if you tip your butt upside down, the third one each side may fall off. It's hard to say. 
Yeah, I, I think that is like key with yeah. any kayak. If anybody knows me, I bitch all the time because I got to keep my rod somewhere else. And then when I get somewhere, I got to put them in the yak. And I don't know. I, 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 I like the ease of anything. And to me, that's always been one of the things that a lot I'd of people I'd love you to try that. Saying. I think yeah. you'd yeah. enjoy it, Jay. I think you'd be like, oh. you'd just be like, yeah. Oh. Uh, I'm already I sold. You, I, mean, I want like... you to try this, Jay. I want you to, and then tell me whether you think it's like the dumbest thing of all time or like, whoa. <laughs> I'm sure I'll be like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, for me, like, it sounds great. I mean, like, when I first saw it, I was like, this is, you know, this is a direction a lot of the kayak, uh, you know, a lot of the kayak companies need to take is get those rods in the boat. Yeah. Not everybody wants to have them sticking up. If you're a yeah. river guy, you need them in the boat. Yeah. You can't have them sticking up. I have we, one we rule. Fish I have one rule. I have one rule. Any time I have a rod sticking up, I will not not if but when I will hit that rod and backlash the hell out of something at some point. I'll oh, be like, yeah. oh, I'll bam. like, yeah. Dude, I forgot about I, that. I have broken tips. I have like six rods behind them. They're like, oh, here I am. I'm like, yeah. and I'm like, how do you do that, man? Like, I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I need to be like free reign, like, woo, woo. Not worry about oh, it. <laughs> Just saying. No, I feel you on that. I mean, like I said, it, it, you know, if you're a river guy and we have a ton of skinny water here, yeah. You just cannot have rods sticking up. You just can't. Not yeah, to mention no, the it, trees and everything else. Yeah. yeah. You get there and like, did I not have four rods back there? How come there's only three? Did I bring four? I can't remember. It's like, oh, there's yeah. one hanging from a tree a half a mile yeah. back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jay's done that once or twice. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it's, you know. <laughs> um. So, uh, rigging options, gear tracks, rod holders, things like that. Um, I know I saw it's going to come with some gear tracks for, for rigging options, correct? Okay. So, we talked about the just the general rod holders. So, when it comes to actual tracks, what people would call gear tracks, there's four 12-inch tracks on the floor that the seat goes on. And there's room in front of the seat and behind the seat on those gear. If you have the seat in the middle, you've got lots of room to put stuff. Just if you look down, there's gear tracks right at your floor, right in front of you. Okay. Whether you want to put a cup holder, phone holder, you can put your electronics there if you don't want to flush around them up there. There's a lot of ways to utilize that space. You could throw a rod holder out the side if you want. Okay. And there's also... Two, uh, there's two yak attack tracks that the foot braces are on all the way up at the front. Those are on the side this way, but you could put a ball on it. You can put, you can put your electronics there. You could put sure. something on the side, whatever. Those are options too. Got it. High density polyethylene plastic. There's, there's a characteristic that this stuff has that exists that there doesn't matter whether you're Hobie or native or Jackson. Glue does not stick to plastic, that plastic, period. There's no glue in the world. Whoever can make the glue that sticks to HDPE will be a millionaire, billionaire instantly. Glue doesn't stick to that. You cannot find stuff to stick and adhere to that. That's why everything has to be screwed in and blah, blah, blah. Epoxy, however, is extremely conducive for sticking stuff to. 
it's very easy for us to make a, to make add-ons. So, for example, our power pole mount. Our power pole mount, if you pick it up, it feels like it's half the weight of a Nella wafer. Okay. <laughs> if you know how that way. So, it's like of a, of a one little one. It's like the weight of a potato chip. That's how much it weighs. And it's got four quarter 20 inserts in it. And it just fits right there. And you slap it down. And what else can you attach to it? Well, what doesn't attach to a power pole structure? Every electric, every trolling motor, torpedo, anything you want to attach to it. Guess what? And what does it take? Five minute epoxy. Whoa. And there we go. Uh, so you can, we will be creating the same things. If you really want to put rod, you want to be trolling in this boat, for example, you're going to put a motor on the back. You want to troll. It's very easy for us to create, um, create mounts for the sides of the gunnels, inside, outside, top, anywhere you want that you can load the crap out of it and turn a 35-pound boat into a 100-pound boat if you want to. It's mm -hmm. absolutely um, – so that is the beauty of this boat. When people think that, oh, like I heard some comments like it's not tournament ready. It's like, like whoa, okay. Um, yeah, uh, I'm confused, but I can see how you can think that Like, because I like to bring my whatever, whatever. This is a tournament machine. And anyway, we'll get into that later. But uh, if there is a later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So have, have you have you tested this with a motor on it? Huh? Oh, have, so we have tested a trolling motor on it. And, okay. And it is like, whoa. Okay. But is it I like, wasn't whoa, there. Like, the guys tested a trolling motor on it. Colton and Craig. Colton Breeding and Craig Heflin who work at the factory. And we have we don't have a team. We have the party at the Apex Party. Sure. Call ourselves anyway. Colton and Craig. Colton is a Tennessee Tech um, engineering student. He's the only under who graduates this summer, but COVID, whatever. He hasn't got his graduation. I don't know how the thing works, but anyway, the um, he's the only undergraduate engineering student that I know of that the dean of the of the um, graduate degrees sends their graduate students to intern under an undergraduate. Anyway, just saying he's that badass. Okay. Um, they put the, the torpedo on this thing when I wasn't around, and they sent me some, I don't know, it's on my phone somewhere, and I was just like, in this particular situation, is the travel motor, it's stuck on three feet below the boat, the angle was off and everything, and it was so close to being on plane that I was like, mm. like, so close. <laughs> I don't know. It's but we tomorrow at eight a.m. Chad Hoover will be here with his proper trolling motor, foot-controlled torpedo, and we're going to put it on there. And it is entirely possible that we go, and it's just like, bye bye. I'm going to go fish every. Oh, it's the first light. <laughs> I love it. No. It may not happen. Oh, I just got a text from Chad. He's leaving at 5 a.m. to come here. We are going to do that tomorrow, and we'll send you video. It okay. is. I'm going to give it 40% chance we actually get on plane, 60% chance we don't. Because I don't think three horsepower is quite enough. Okay. But I will tell you this. If you 
have a mass start in a kayak tournament for a hundred grand and we all start together and we all and you running electric and three horsepowers up the beginning i'll be catching your fish before you will that's all <laughs> you know I, I was just thinking you could be like trimming out your seat you know start off a little bit yeah. as a foot of adjustability <laughs> a foot 12 inches you can move the seat forward I don't know if you know about the runabouts. There's like hydroplanes and yep. runabouts. Runabouts, you like sit on the bow to try to get the bow down to get on a plane yep. that it goes, whatever. Yeah, there, we, we got the. We may have to do that. <laughs> but the, the seat literally adjusts 12 inches, so you can put the weight forward and really improve the speed of this boat with electric dramatically. Bottom line is no scupper holes. Full planing hull, 36 inches wide, 100% clean hull. This is the fastest tournament fishing boat that exists with a three horsepower motor. It's an advantage. And anyway, and I'm, I'm just going to say, man, if you're going to be hauling some butt tomorrow, I want to see some bank and turns because yeah. you're talking about a seat that you're not going to flip out of. Oh, so the seat, no, the seat has, the seat has sides. Remember this yeah. is bucket seat. You don't fly out the seat, right? That's the side. Oh, and you can push your hand, Hobie has the the hand rest, which is yeah. awesome. Helps you get up and down. That's like a great addition to the Hobie seat. I'm giving super kudos for that. This seat also has a high, so it's really easy to get up and out. Of course, ours yeah. swivels inside, and you can get up and out inside. Anyway, right, right. the um, I'm telling you, I want to see it. I want to see oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see. I want to see like you know all behind I, it. I don't think it's going to go on plane. But I'm hopeful. Forty percent hopeful. Sixty percent. It's not going to fully. If it planes up, that means it just breaks free and it's just like gone. Go on, see you. Oh, yeah. If it doesn't plane up. It's like it's just like I'm faster by you know a mile an hour or something. I don't know. We'll see. Um, we we got a question from uh, Miss Jean Wilson. Does the seat lock into place or does it uh, stay sure. swiveled or is it going to be snug enough where it doesn't swivel as easy? Okay, so if you so hi Jean, just by Jean is one of my favorite people of all time. Uh, she's our favorite too, man. The biggest sweetheart that ever existed on the face of the world. But anyway, um, so if you are in a uh, a racing kayak, there's racing kayaks with wing blades, and you're full on cruising. Their seats swivel and allow you to pump with your foot, with your feet, and you're, you're getting torso rotation in there. Instead of the torso, instead of your seat being locked, your whole butt can actually move. The seat moves. Okay. This is a performance seat design. If you're a performance paddler and you want to cruise with this boat, this seat will move. It does. As of right now, this seat will not lock. It's not designed to lock. Yeah. It is snug enough, however, that you actually. If you really want to turn, you need to use your elbow or your hand or whatever you need to like. Like, if you don't do anything now, when it wears in a little bit, like it's got these press, these called thrust bearings. Okay. The the just the bearings on the seat cost more than like half the outfitting on most boats. Just saying. Sure. <laughs> sure. The, um, the thrust bearings that are on the seat. There's two stainless steel rings. There's a stainless steel ring. A stainless steel ring. And then these thrust bearings and this blue plastic and their stainless steel ball bearings. And then the, the seat goes on and the seat pushes against the, anyway, it rolls and it's super awesome. But um, it's, it's just snug enough 
that it does it's not free like i'm sitting on a whatever an office chair that's just like no it's like no resistance there's enough resistance that you have to turn that you don't feel like you're just moving around it's exactly some people might want it looser some people might want it tighter and there's ways to do both um but the way it's coming it's like not totally free floating um but it doesn't lock and as of right now i don't see any benefit in making it lock simply because number one i can't see why you would ever need to lock it from what we're doing and number two you'd have to like mess with the lock in order to turn to get out of the boat or whatever sure that makes sense that makes sense good question jay i was kind of wondering you got a lot of real estate up in the in the uh in the stern is is there i mean i know you were talking about or the bow sorry um you uh i know you said in the cockpit area are you talking about the the, no no i'm talking about the front of the boat very front all the way past the the very front so you've got all that nose right there's a lot of real estate is there is is there going to be storage options to go inside there or is there foam that dashboard is a hatch if you don't have electronics so we're, we're, we can install your electronics for you or whatever. Like you buy a Ranger boat, you know, for $90,000 and you want like your, all your units, you know, we'll install the units, we'll power poles, whatever. It's the same with an Apex watercraft. If you want your electronics in there, it goes in the dashboard. You can flip that up. The whole inside of the bow is open. It's all, like you said, storage. You, so let's say you don't want any electronics. It's just a, it's a nice little knob, magnets hold the hatch, you pop it off the magnet, you look inside, you're like, ooh, look at all the space. Let's throw all my camping gear in there, like, yay. You wanna do electronics, you're like, ooh, look in there, I'm gonna put my transducer here, put my battery there, whatever. There's a lot of stuff that I wanna do that we haven't done yet, like make a little storage bag that hangs over here, blah, blah, blah. Um, all that real estate is open. If you wanna camp or whatever, you just like load her down. There's a lot of volume there. Yeah, plenty. Now, this, the opening is 15 by 7 is the hat size. And then, so it's probably 13 by 5 is the actual cutout. So the hatch overlays about an inch all the way around over the cutout. Mm-hmm. So it's probably 13, I have to measure it, probably 13 by 5 opening which is pretty 13 is pretty big that's a big pretty big hatch anyway you can throw a lot of stuff in there cool very cool uh we got a question from charlie bond he's asking is is the paddle that comes with the boat two piece and what length and weight okay so i figured that if you're going to have the lightest weight most badass fishing kayak that's paddle driven. You need to have the best paddle. Um, Werner makes an amazing paddle and I've been using Werner paddles and their Cypress hooked is an amazing paddle bending branches as a, a, a carbon bent shaft. That's awesome. Um, but I've been around paddles for a long time. I've worked with paddles and I knew that, you know, the, the best fishing paddle wasn't out there. People really aren't in my opinion, pushing the envelope and really aren't delivering like people aren't demanding maybe i'm not sure why lendl um paddles is i'm very familiar with them they're at they used to be from germany um, i competed against a lot of lendl paddlers in the olympics in 92 
Um, all of a sudden, I got connected to Lendl guys and found out Lendl's now in the USA. Kathy and Duffy, who are both MIT PhDs in engineering, own it um, and manufacture these paddles. And somebody said, no, you really, like, I know you really like that Werner paddle, but you need to try this Lendl paddle. I'm like, well, they don't make whitewater paddles. They don't make fishing paddles. They make touring paddles, basically. And but I talked to them, and they said, let me send you a paddle. They sent me a paddle, and it was their Lendl Storm. I've been using their Storm, which is a touring paddle, which is like half the weight of my whitewater kayak paddle I've been using. And it's super, I've been using off of waterfalls and beat, it's like, what? And yes, Charlie, it's two piece. Okay, we'll, we'll cut to the chase in a second. I'm like, holy crap, like, where have you guys been? Okay, yeah, like, right. can you, you don't make a paddle? Let's make, let's make a fishing paddle. Like, I need, like, if, can you make a, I don't think, can you make a better paddle than this one here? Um, this Cypress one? And he's like, well, I mean, I know what that paddle is and I know what we do. So yeah, yeah, we can. Okay, well, let's do it. And they literally had to CNC machine out a whole brand new molds and come out with a whole process to make this long, by the way, bent shaft paddles, not straight shaft, but an epic bent shaft, more torque, more control, better on the wrist, blah, blah, blah. 710 grams, Charlie, 710 grams compared to advertised they may be 800 but they're really over 900 grams for the the lightest weight competitors paddle stiffer lighter cleaner just unbelievable i was like what how did you guys do that anyway super fired up that i didn't know about them um anyway i'm just ecstatic so we decided we were we wanted to find the best paddle to pair with the boat and I had my mind changed. I knew, thought I knew what the best paddle was. And all of a sudden it's like, whoa, this Lendl. Um, so they didn't have a fishing paddle. Now they do. It's called the Strike, the Lendl Strike. It'd be $649. So it's $50 more than the, than, uh, you know, it's, it's not cheap. It's an expensive paddle, whatever. Um, uh, but it's an epic paddle. We're selling it on our Kickstarter for $549 right now, um, nice. which is a sweet deal. Um, anyway, that's what we got in the feral. Here's the part the, the, the other paddles I was using, the feral, you go to pull it apart and it would stick. So sometimes you couldn't even get it apart. Yeah. And it didn't come apart yeah. in and out easy. And I'm like, wait, what? Like to the point where two people pulling, you can't even get it apart. <laughs> the ferals, like, you just go so easy and so locked down that I'm comfortable with it in class five whitewater. It's like, this is the bomb right here. So anyway, I've got I'm a, I've got a new paddle. They've never paid me a penny to do anything. I just like they sent me a paddle. They sent me two. I, I showed. I don't have any in here right now. But anyway, yeah, Charlie, the new uh, it's now the length of this paddle that they made right now is two thirty five. It extends to two forty. Nice. So that's the max length right now. Um, it's a nice sweet spot. Um, if you want a longer than that, I'm not what to talk on. I'm not sure how hard it'd be to make a longer one or not. Well, anyway, that's where we're at. So, um, that, so that works good so, with, with the, so yeah, the 240? 240s, um, that's about minimum. I think I would rather 245 on that based on the height I'm sitting. Um, I'm doing fine with the, the 240. Even at the 235, the 235, I'm reaching down a little bit. 
the 240 i'm feeling pretty good i'm probably the 245 would be like a better sweet spot so ultimately i think um that's something that needs to be addressed i think the 245 is probably a better sweet spot than the than the 240 i don't think you need 250 um unless you're like super tall or something um but yeah i would say i would say i'd rather it be a 240 to 245 than a 235 240 so that's something that um uh i want to address and the good news is they can just add that in the middle i think i help them figure out where the grip width would be so i think that can just be added to the middle and i'm hoping anyway gotcha um Alex asked, what is the total weight capacity the boat can handle? Hi, Alex. Well, you're, you're a big guy and everything, right? Anyway, the, um, <laughs> the, um, no, so the, so Alex, the weight capacity. So that's a question. Just so you know, there's no actual answer for that. Let's just do this. Okay. I'm just going to go to the chase. Anybody who tells you the weight capacity of the boat, they're lying or they don't have, they're, they're just throwing a number out there. There's no such thing. If the boat floats, it can handle it, period. What's the ideal for performance? Well, what performance are you looking for? Our limiting factor is the size of your rear end in the seat. The seat comes up on the sides. From what I can tell, a 350 pounder should, their butt should go in there and they should be like, ooh, this is totally comfortable. I'm going to go that way. And the, certainly the volume, the 36-inch wide hull. Remember, our hull goes like this for 36 inches before it goes up. Most hulls do this and do that, and they come up early. Um, we carry the width all the way out. That's a very high-floating load. Oh, have I even mentioned that we sit lower in the water than any other boat that's ever been put out? Whoa. Um, mm. Anyway, so you there's – Basically, a 350-pounder is good to go in this boat, Alex. Um, but, uh, yeah, the the lighter you are, the more stable it is. The heavier you are, the less stable it is. The lighter you are, the lower the draft. The, less, the heavier you are, the, the more you're sitting in the water. Um, uh, Chad Hoover was 290, and it was like it was like you couldn't tell the difference between him and the boat and then me at one, you know, 155. That's crazy. That's crazy. Well, uh, we're winding down here, man. Um, we appreciate you taking all the time tonight. Um, dude, we're at an hour and 45 minutes. Um, record. So we've been, uh, we've been cranking away on this. Um, obviously the last call question, um, it's a two parter here. Um, okay. the price, obviously, um, I know you got the Kickstarter going now after that ends, what will the price be? And then also, um, because these boats are handcrafted, are these going to be, um, made to order or order to be made? Uh, good question. So let's start with the, the way they're made. So the, um, people are going to. We are going to determine the layup of the boats, meaning um, we know where the reinforcements need to be and whatever. If somebody calls and says, hey, I'm gonna, I've got a guy in Alaska that wants to buy the boat as a bush plane. He's going to strap him onto the outside of his bush plane, fly him in, and go run down Class 2, 3 whitewater and catch salmon. Okay. okay. And, and he wants to know, we may throw an extra layer, um, some an, an agro reinforcement. 
or whatever, we can we can make sure that that boat is ready for his needs. For example, that's that's who Apex Watercraft is. Each one of these are custom crafted. Um, every customer will be interacted. Probably every customer will be talking to me directly and I'll know where they're going to paddle, what they're doing. I'm going to make this boat for you kind of thing. This boat's made for you. I may not be the one laying the, the carbon in there and infusing and doing whatever, or I may be. It just depends on the, the boat. Um, when it comes to even color selection and the paint scheme, we've got a standard, what we call a stock paint scheme. Like I said, it's designed to cover certain areas, but you can pick your color if you've got a I don't know, you got an old, you know, Bronco and you want to match the faded Bronco green or whatever, we can do that, you know. If you've got a super yacht and you want to, like, throw a couple in the bow to go, like, to wherever, we can do that, too. So there's that. All that's custom. Um, now, talk about the price. The price is $10,990, $11,000 is what the boat retail price is. We're selling them right now, you know, I don't know if it's still available I haven't seen otherwise, but um, I think we have one still available at, at the eight thousand dollar price point. It has a it has a Cashin Elite rod made in the USA. By the way, the reason why we use Cashin Elite, even the blanks are made in the USA. Right? Everything yeah. made in the US by Matt Cashin. Anyway, super badass and awesome. A Cashin Elite rod that's valued at two twenty. A Pro Trek, not that one. But one of these watches, this watch and this box and this one is for the first five people to buy them. And it's like so badass. But anyway, you get one of these watches. I can't believe I'm taking it out of the box now. I mean, you can't even get it out of the box. It's like so buried in there. But anyway, uh, cash. And then it's a little box. Anyway, a box, <laughs> a box of um, box. <laughs> a box of the box. Okay, this is a $350 watch. Whoever is getting this, I'm taking it out of the bag. It hasn't been worn. I'm just showing everybody what it looks like. With that. That's with the plastic on it. Super badass, solar-powered watch. Super tough, blah, blah, blah. I've been wearing it a long time. It comes with the Lendl paddle, valued at $650. Um, hat, T-shirt, my uh, tier. This is my Damascus Steel. It comes with a silver one. But anyway, um, that's at eight grand. We really can't make money selling packages at 8000 That package at eight grand, right? Um, right. Uh, the eleven thousand dollars we're in business, and we can make that work at 150 boats a year. This, the whole purpose of this company, is if it this isn't for everybody. Now you don't have to be rich going to Apex Watercraft. You only have to have eleven thousand dollars, okay? And you have to really want to have the best boat. You don't sure. have to be rich. You just have to have eleven grand. You don't even have to have eleven grand. You have to qualify for financing to pay it for eleven grand over time. I mean, we're going to have Klarna, PayPal credit, FlexBuy for people that are like subprime, you know, 6% up to 30% interest, depending on what your credit is, where you can pay for 60 months. Okay. You don't even have to have 11 grand. You just have to be willing to really want the best boat. And we're also, if you look at my history over time, I've paid athletes and fishermen more money than any other brand over time. I, my teams have been the biggest teams with the most money. I've always done my marketing through the people that do the work. I don't want to pay some marketing guy to sit in a desk and do something sure. when I've got somebody that's out there every day doing the job. They're on the water. 
they're the best at what they do. They're an athlete or whatever. Um, my, my athlete budget um, has always been greater than anything that anybody else has ever done. Um, I will be launching a contingency program where if you're a top finisher in Apex Watercraft and in whatever tournaments I decide to do it in, you could win like, let's say, two grand a tournament. Hey, if you're the only one, you're the only Apex guy, you just show up, you win two grand. Like, <laughs> how hard could that be? You know, that type of thing. So, um, uh, I believe in the end user being my marketing arm, and I want those people out there. And that's that's kind of where I'm going with that. Um, but yeah, it's not, it's you, if you don't, there's 37 brands that make rotor molded plastic kayaks out there. Right. There, there's a lot of amazing product out there. Hobie, Jackson kayak, native wilderness. There's feel for, there's all these different ones. Now we're the only one that makes everything in the U S we don't source anything in China. We import nothing and export everything. That's our motto. That was my motto at Jackson Kayak. Funny, I'm not at Jackson Kayak anymore. But um, uh, the um, the whole there's I can't make it cheaper than eleven grand for what I'm doing. All I can do is provide for eleven grand. I can provide this experience, and if it's for you, that's awesome. If it's not. Don't be mad at me that I made eleven thousand dollar kayak. Right. You just don't have to get it. And right. um, you know, I don't own a Ferrari. I literally <laughs> go down with my garage. I've got Route 30 from here to Athens, Tennessee, in a Ferrari. Do you have any idea how fun that would be? <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> I don't have a Ferrari. I can't afford a Ferrari. Okay, whatever. But I'm sure as how glad it's out there. If it weren't for Ferrari, the B, the the Mini Cooper wouldn't be as fun. You know what I mean? Anyway, right. so if nothing else, I hope to you know I hope to make the kayak fishing better if I can. Um, that's that's what I'm here for, and um, obviously I have to make a living doing it. I can't give these boats away. I'm three hundred seventy-five thousand dollars in Security Federal right down the road. I borrowed three hundred seventy-five thousand for it from, and if this thing doesn't fly, I mean my whole house, everything, everything I own is leveraged on that. So. I have to like it. I have to figure out how to you know actually make money doing it. So that's the way it is. You know, I was just thinking like from a you know from a uh, marketing aspect. Why didn't you call it a kayak? <laughs> a what? Like a kayak instead what? of a kayak. Since <laughs> so much, since so much a is from the yacht world, like a kayak. <laughs> a kayak. Oh, that's actually a great idea. So one of my. For what it's worth, when, hey, you can get my retainer stuff. before anything. Retainer, buddy. <laughs> That's a really good idea, man. You're like brilliant. Like, well, because, mostly because this thing is more of a sports car than a than a yacht, really. Um, I mean, it's lightweight. It's it's maneuverable. It's like zip and go. Um, so, but I do like your the way you think. I like it. <laughs> good call, job, buddy. Dude. <laughs> I owe you. I, I'm gonna send you some beer. How about that? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> That'll work. Cheers. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, thanks for having. Me. Absolutely, I appreciate man. Appreciate it. Um. This is Abs this is the shortest hour I've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> Time flies when you're having fun, my friend. Um. We really appreciate you taking the time tonight, EJ, talking with us and uh, answering uh, a bunch of questions. Uh, 
that are out there, questions we had personally, and and just really diving into the the whole aspect of the boat, man. Um, it, it's awesome. You you never stop, and you keep. It's like, what's EJ gonna do next? You know, and you keep building it up, man, and uh, you continue your legacy. So, congratulations on that, man. It's uh, it's been an honor to sit here and talk to you tonight, and uh, see see your success continue. So, yeah, bud, you're doing a great job. Well, thanks, Brian and Jay. I really appreciate you guys having me on. It was super awesome, and um, you guys are doing great things. And uh, yeah, sorry I don't have more details. You know, maybe a, a couple of weeks from now or a week from yeah. now, you know, we'll be able to show those internal shots and whatever. And you'll have I'll be able to give you better photos. You know, to show everything. But anyway, mm -hmm. I really appreciate everything you guys are doing, and thanks for having me on. And hope to uh, hope to go fishing with you someday. Like you know. Absolutely. Whoa, fish on. Yeah. I, I would enjoy that. <laughs> we, we'll all have apexes. <laughs> oh, there you go. I like that's, it. Hey, man, I've got prototypes that I'm going to be, that I'm building up. I've got one, two, I've got to have a third one or whatever. I'll be having see, some. Like, I was going to say, yeah, I can't wait I to can't. see that green one. Yeah, that green one sounds like it's going to be sick. Yeah. No, it's green. Did I say that online too? Yeah, I'm like, I need no surprises. It'll be done Monday. So nice. Monday, Monday, I'm going to show you. So Monday we'll have, right now we have the race car look, blue metal flight, yep. super bright. Now we're going to do like more of a subtle, you know, you're an army dude, you know, you got your open carry. One of those dudes, <laughs> this, this next boat's going to, is, uh, is going to, um, you know, red you. That sounds like that's right up uh, Mr. Randall's alley for sure. Uh, I think he's just uh, I think I think he just put the Jacksons up for sale. I, I have a huge problem with camouflage, so if that ever goes, just let me know. It's not camo, exactly. Dude, I kind of like <laughs> it's whoever's coming my way, don't mess with them. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, man, I bought a camouflage umbrella, and I don't even use umbrellas. Like yeah. that's how that, that's how bad I like camouflage. <laughs> well, in that case, I'm gonna totally make. I'm gonna on spec. I'm gonna make a camouflage apex water cap. I'm just gonna post it and be like, "That's not nice." Tag you. And just be like, <laughs> <laughs> I like it. He just found out your weak spot, oh, my man. So Put the umbrella and then you're good. He keeps looking down because he's on. All right, EJ. Thank you so much, man. Have a good yeah, night, brother. Awesome. Um, Dude, he is so fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love Eric man. Jackson, man. Um, well, there you have it, guys and gals. Um, EJ doing incredible, awesome <laughs> things. Uh, it's always a good time chatting with him. And um, can't wait to see uh, where Apex goes. I hope uh, a lot of the questions everybody had got answered tonight. Um, if you came in late, you can go back and watch this. If not, this will get uploaded on all the major podcast platforms. It'll be available on YouTube. Um, this was streamed on YouTube as well as the Facebook. So I don't know where everybody's tuned in at. Um, Jay, thanks for uh, coming back and doing this one, man. Not a problem, buddy. I, I hope know. this is a, a more occasional thing. It could be. 
Oh. Could be. We can there talk tomorrow when we see each other in person. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do that. But uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in, sharing it up, uh, joining us tonight. Um, super grateful for EJ taking out the time. And uh, we will catch you guys on the next one. So until next time, all you cool cats and kittens, tight lines, and smooth paddling. Peace. Ha, 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 ha.